When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today we've got a malicious compliance that took one minute but cost so much more. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, stopping me from entering will also stop your sales. An earlier post about getting to work on time reminded me of this. Where I live, a drugstore is not allowed to open if a pharmacist isn't there, unless they have a system to lock up over-the-counter medications. Cue the malicious compliance. It's the mid-1990s, I'm a brand new 23-year-old pharmacist working my first Saturday shift at a pharmacy in my hometown in a suburb of a major city. I'm short and blonde and almost always mistaken for being much younger than I am. I take the bus to work because I'm broke and it's easy. One bus arrives at 8.27am and one at 8.57am, but I take the earlier for my 9am open in case it's running late. I get off the bus right in front of the drugstore and there's these two burly guys blocking the door. I try to get past them but they're rude and tell me to back off and that they're there first. Not wanting a confrontation at my new job, I walk a few stores down to a Starbucks and chat with the barista who I knew from high school and have a drink of a short drip coffee. I'm broke, remember? At 8.45am, I try again to get into the store, but the rude guys are still there and tell me to back off, which, back to the Starbucks I go. I borrow the phone to call the store's after-hours number and tell them my situation. I ask if I can be let in the receiving doors at the back of the strip mall. The store assistant manager tells me that the jerks are scalpers. Elton John is going on sale, and they're there for the Ticketmaster sales at the store post office. She tells me to get behind them and wait. I go and wait about 10 feet away from them. 9am rolls around, then at 9.05 they start banging on the doors. Assistant manager opens the doors at 9.07 and asks if she can help them. They're yelling and swearing and she politely tells them that she can't open the store until the pharmacist arrives. They ask where the freak he is and she points to me and I walk past and into the store. They were so rude to her that she banned them from the store. Best of all, she had gotten the post office staff to run off three pairs of tickets for each of them right at 9am. Max allowed was six per person and the staff all got a chance to buy a pair instead. I splurged on a perfect birthday present for my sister. You mean to tell me even in person people are scalping Ticketmaster tickets? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, stop acting like a teacher. So I did. Three years ago, I started working in a company where my manager was a piece of crap that would insult us and blame any problem on his employees trying to get them against each other. I got burned out after about a year of 10 hour days and weekends and of doing tasks that were greatly above my paycheck and completely different from what I was promised as I got there. So I gave my resignations. My manager thought I was useless as he often said about anyone but himself. So instead of trying to find a new employee, he decided he would have to take over my role to the horror of all my coworkers. 
The only problem? I was the only person who knew perfectly the company ERP program, and I would have to teach him my one and a half years experience in two weeks. As I started to teach him, he got more and more frustrated and terrified by the amount of workload that was coming his way and started to insult me even more, but I was still trying to teach him the best I could for the sake of my coworkers. All of this until the first day of my last week. I was pointing out a mistake he was making every time he did a certain task and he replied screaming at me, shut the freak up, I don't need you to act as a freaking teacher. So malicious compliance, I didn't. I just sat beside him for the next and last five days, not teaching him anything. And every time he couldn't remember how to do something, I would jokingly cheer him up, telling him I was sure he could come up with a solution himself if he focused enough. When problems would come up that I still didn't have the time to solve, I would tell him, I don't know how this thing happened. It never happened to me. You should contact the client service. They taught me everything when I needed. The peak of this was when he got so frustrated that he started to repeatedly slam his mouse against the desk and then sat there staring blankly at the screen for 10 minutes. I had to actually keep myself from laughing in his face. After I left, I spent the next two months getting called almost daily by my ex-colleagues to help them find files or solve problems that they couldn't find an answer for and that I didn't have time to teach them as I had to stay with the manager all the time. Our next story is Dress Code Compliance. The characters are me, 18-year-old female, Charlotte, 12-year-old female, my sister, Kayla, 14-year-old female, Karen, mid-40s female, professional butt-hat and Kayla's mom, Jonathan, early-40s male, the manager, and the setting is a baseball-slash-softball facility. This happened about a week ago, so I've had a bit of time to think about it. I take my younger sister to softball practice because my parents got off work later in the evening, and I'm fine with this because I love watching her play. We arrive a few minutes early so Charlotte can warm up, Her class is an hour long, so they warm up before it starts, so they can utilize the short amount of time they have. Around 10 minutes into the class, this woman, we'll call her Karen, called over Charlotte and one other girl named Kayla, who she was practicing with. Charlotte and Kayla walked over confused, and I was a little pissed as this was wasting their and my time. I follow them over because I'm curious. Karen says that she'll need to talk to the girls about something important, but she says she needs a witness. She calls for the owner of the facility's wife, and it takes about five minutes for her to come talk to us. I ask what's going on, and Karen says she needs to talk about dress code. I was a little bit confused, as there was never a dress code on the facility's website, nor was it in any emails. I asked Karen if she was an employee, and she said she was. We listened to what she had to say, which was no shorts without leggings under them, no showing shoulder, etc., I was even more confused at this point because my sister never wore anything provoking, and on this day she was wearing a short-sleeved softball jersey and Lululemon leggings. Karen also stated that the shorts Charlotte wore in a previous practice were too short. They were mid-thigh loose shorts. At this point I was trying to hold myself together, but the last thing she said pushed me over the edge. Karen said this was all because there were high school boys at the facility. Charlotte gave me a nervous look that basically said, I need to worry about that? Charlotte is 12. Karen just so happens to have three high school boys that practice at said facility. I asked Karen to talk to me outside, 
I was furious and I went off on her. I asked her if I needed to be worried about my little sister being sexualized while playing a sport in the presence of older boys. She said that boys think different than girls. I asked if there was a boys dress code and she said there was. I asked to speak to the manager or a coach. She was hesitant at first but I finally got to speak to the owner, whose wife was the witness earlier. The manager was a kind man named Jonathan. My talk with Jonathan explained a few things. A. There is no dress code. Athletes can wear what they want to work out. B. Karen was not indeed an employee. Jonathan was very helpful and apologetic. At this point, Charlotte's practice had ended. As soon as we got in the car to go home, she started bawling. She asked basically what I asked Karen. Does she have to worry about being looked at by upper class high schoolers? She also told me her coach thought the dress code was BS. We got milkshakes on the way home and talked about what to do next. I said we should take the high road and ignore Karen, but she had a better plan. Cue malicious compliance. She said that she wanted to follow the no shorts without leggings under them rule, and she did just that. The next day when we went back for her next practice, she wore leggings with spandex shorts over them. If you don't know what those are, look them up. It looked a little funny, but her coach got a kick out of it. Karen was fuming. She angrily confronted me, asking if I told Charlotte to do this just to make her mad. I told her Charlotte just really took what she said to heart and decided to follow her rules. Of course, Karen couldn't do anything but complain to her group of friends that also brought their kids to work out. A few of them chuckled and Karen just got angrier. Every day we've gone back, we haven't seen Karen or her kids there, so it's a win in my book. You can already tell Charlotte is super advanced, thinking two steps ahead going straight for the malicious compliance themselves. Our next story is, I must not talk to you unless you address me first? As you wish. I, 43-year-old female, am a learned landscape gardener, but due to an accident many years ago, can no longer work the actual craft. In 2020, after 12 years of being a stay-at-home mom, I began working in the office of a quite large landscaping firm. My position was assistant to management with Jack, one of the COOs, as my direct boss. At the time, I did mostly supporting paperwork. A couple of months later, the company hired Becky as a junior manager. She had just finished her master's degree and this was her first real job, so she had a lot to learn and to gain experience. In the beginning, she relied on me for the paperwork and how our programs worked, and I thought we got along well, even though we were as different as two people can be. In the spring of 2021, there were some changes made. For one, our whole department moved to new office rooms, and Becky and I were put in the same office. Also, I was taken out of day-to-day paperwork to work exclusively on surveying to get all the measurements needed to correctly bill our clients. About that time, our problem started. I'm on the ADHD spectrum, so I have habits of unconsciously fiddling or talking to myself and other stuff. That unnerved her. She needed absolute quiet while working, whereas I prefer to hear music over headphones. Every time she told me something I did would disturb her, I tried to stop myself from doing that, be it mumbling, listening to music while she's in the office, even drinking coffee because your slurping is disgusting. Coffee is hot, duh. I'm not allowed to comment on anything concerning her, I'm a terribly curious person and so on. Even though I love my job and anyone else in the company, that daily repression made me not want to go to work in the morning. 
It came to a fist head when one of our foremen was in the office. She gave him a task. He was annoyed, and I made a fun little comment that made the foreman chuckle. Lightened his mood as intended, but after he'd left, she exploded on me. How dare I undermine her authority, and how unrespecting of her position and person I was. After all, she was a manager. Junior, but who counts? And I was merely the assistant. She went to Jack to complain about me, how she couldn't work with me when I was so obnoxious, yada yada. Long story short, Jack is a super chill boss. He talked to me to hear my side, and three days later, I moved all my stuff into another smaller office where I've worked ever since. As I mentioned, I do the surveying for all managers' projects who need it, also for Becky, and she was very particular in how the plans had to be laid out, which items had to be on them, and so on. So when I did a survey and drafted the plans, we had to have several discussions and corrections about minute details none of the other managers cared about. Everybody else, when I had a question regarding their projects, I would go to their office, see if they were free, and ask the information that I needed, if I couldn't draw it from the documentation. Not with Becky. She demanded I make appointments with her to schedule meetings to talk about these issues. That dragged work on her projects to absurd lengths. Also, she would give me deadlines for finishing and then take one to four weeks before even looking at what I'd made. Then, she would want to discuss that when I was already at the next project over. It was a pain. In December 2021, we had another falling out when she questioned me about a project that I'd finished in October and got pissed when I couldn't immediately recall all the details. I mumbled something like, maybe assemble the bill not two months after finishing the project, and she blew up. How dare you tell me how to do my work? I know what I'm doing and I don't have to put up with a lowly assistant. I left, and luckily that was the last day of work in 2021. In 2022, work started with Becky calling me to her and instructing me on how we would proceed in the future. I was not to talk to her while working unless she... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. She approached me first, or if we had a scheduled meeting. Also, I was to only talk to her about the tasks she had assigned me, nothing else, as it was not my position to tell her how to do her job. Breaks were fair game, but by then, my interest in making conversation with her had faded, so that's how it went. At this point, I have to mention that as part of my job, I sometimes look at the charts of work that had already been done how much soil's been brought in, how much of which materials have been used, to get an idea of what needs to be included in the survey. In Becky's lists, I sometimes notice typing mistakes, like the surveyed amount of square meters entered when the volume, cubic meters, was demanded, which resulted in two high bills, which led to complaints by the client and a reduction of the bill. I tried to tell that to Becky, but she stopped me before I really began. Pointing out again, I had to focus on my job and not speak to her unless addressed by her first. Okay. For other managers, I would simply have corrected the mistake after quick consultation, but for her, nope. In the following months, I noticed a couple of these mistakes in her projects, but I kept my mouth shut. Also didn't go to Jack about it because I didn't want to appear like I was blackmailing her or something. Over the summer, I noticed more and more mistakes, and how projects that had been finished in the spring had still not been billed. But somehow, Becky found the time to go on summer vacation twice. I noticed undocumented items, false entries, lacking entries, and other mistakes in the lists of her projects, and said nothing. In early August, she had finally assembled the bill for one of her bigger projects that had been finished months ago and forbade anyone to talk to her while she worked on the next. Then I received an email. The client who had received the aforementioned bill had rejected it due to the amount of mistakes and lack of confirmability. I had been CC'd as the surveyor, but the problem was not my surveys but that Becky had not transferred the results correctly. The client denied payment and demanded immediate correction. The sum was around 250,000 euros, money the company had been waiting for for months by the time. This was serious, so I decided to break my silence and tell Becky. She saw me through the glass door, and before my hand touched the handle, she yelled, Don't talk to me! Well, then, what's a girl to do? Wait. For about 15 minutes until my super chill boss who'd been walking his dog over lunch break, returned to his computer. Of course, he had been CC'd as well, and his roar made the walls shake. Jack went to Becky's office and tore her a new one. Afterwards, came to me and asked me to please correct the lists as far as I'm able. In the following days, he went through all of Becky's projects, and needless to say, she's gone since September. She wanted me to do everything her way, and I tried to comply with so much crap. In the end, I complied so much, it got her fired. I think a lot of people wouldn't have gone to such lengths to try to play by her rules and put up with her needs and requests, but you can't say it didn't get results one way or another in this situation. 
Our next story is forced to move cabins by management. I used to work cruise ships in the spa, had been working for a couple of years and was pretty good at my job. So I started training to be an assistant manager so I could step up to manager, mainly for the much nicer work schedule and raise and pay because being a normal spa member was heck on earth. I was working hard, staying way past when I should have gone home, some days only going to my cabin for a couple of hours just to sleep, so I was hardly in my room ever. Then my roommate's contract ended and I got a new roommate, let's call her Rita. Rita was Australian and just married. We were cruising the Mediterranean, so in order for her to talk to her husband, she had to call him at very odd times. I didn't mind as she wasn't super loud when chatting to him. The first month we shared a cabin, it was fine. Nothing spectacular, but fine. Then she woke up one morning and decided she wanted to try and make my life heck. I don't know what I did to make her hate me. If I did, I would have wanted to fix it as living away from your friends and family in such a stressful environment is difficult enough. I don't know, maybe she got cabin fever. So as I said before, I only really went to my cabin to shower and sleep, and that meant my stuff was hardly touched. I had the bottom bunk, so I kept my stuff at the foot of my bed and under a chair I was using as a bedside table. Her stuff, however, was all over the place. She also started being extra noisy whenever I was trying to sleep. We were set up to be on different teams, so a roommate will have some privacy for a couple of hours every time you had some time off. Normally in port for a morning three times a week, I would start work at 7am and work until about 10pm, some days till past midnight. I was tired when I was in my cabin, but then she would insist on being the most annoying person on earth. She would dry her hair at 2am, watch a movie on loud, drink beers loudly and be noisy on the top bunk. Then she went lower than I could ever dream. She slept with my ex-boyfriend, who I broke up with because he cheated on me, while I was there. I was so fed up with her and complained to my manager, who said I just needed to deal with it or date an officer with his own cabin. I was miserable. Then finally we had a cruise where head office was cruising with us to check on standards and launch a new product. I had known this lady for years and she knew me well too. We got along well. One night after dinner I get called into the office. I thought maybe I was finally getting that promotion. Boy was I wrong head office and my manager called me in to tell me to move out of my cabin in which I'd been in for seven months with only two months to go. Apparently Rita had gone and told them I was the roommate from heck, that I was being noisy on purpose and being disrespectful. She had even claimed that I stuck her toothbrush in the toilet. Toothbrush was shown to me and I had never seen this toothbrush in my life. Also it made me worry that maybe she had done this to my toothbrush. I fired back and asked my managers why they would think I would do something so disgusting after knowing me so long, and they replied that they believe me but there's no way to disprove Rita. I had to be the bigger person and move out. I had an hour to pack up and transfer cabins. I was humiliated and heartbroken that someone would be so mean but then anger kicked in. So I packed up my stuff but I put on my most annoying music lock the toilet knowing it won't be fixed till the next day, and place the mattress outside in the hallway so she would have to fetch it herself. Our cabin was also the only cabin with a mini fridge, and I took that thing with me, even though I didn't use it. I left all of her stuff in the fridge on the counter and set the thermostat to hot. 
I had some glitter from parties that I spilled on the carpet and spread all over the floor. Whoops. My maintenance friends also heard of my unfair treatment and took it upon themselves to turn off the hot water in the cabin. And when it was reported, they put it on the last list of things that needed to be fixed. Rita complained about me stealing the fridge, but as it was never hers to begin with, and it was still in a spa cabin, there was nothing she could do. My new roommate was lovely, very happy to have a fridge, and never had a disagreement with me. Rita quit and went home two weeks later. I wonder, did Rita just feel like they lost and that's why they gave up and went home and quit? Our next story is, one minute ended up costing them. Around 20 years ago, I got a job at a local factory which manufactured aluminum windows and doors for some very large new builds, huge skyscraper types. I started out as a general laborer, but within three years had worked my way up to fitter slash manufacturer. Then the firm invested a huge amount of money in a new CNC machine. I was selected to be one of the programmers slash operators. I was sent to Germany from the UK to be taught how to run it. It was a real head scrambler to start with, but eventually I figured it out and loved the job. Once it was installed and running smoothly, the company was able to deal with much bigger contracts, so naturally took them on. In order to fulfill all the work, I had to ensure the machine worked every minute of the working day possible. My hours were 8 to 5. I would arrive at work at 7.30 and spend the next 30 minutes firing up all the computers, turning on the machine and running it through all the setup procedures, and making sure it was ready to go. Then I would walk across to the main factory at 8 o'clock to clock in. However, one day I had a small issue with the machine which took a few minutes to fix. So by the time I got to the clock in machine it was 8.04. I really didn't think anything of it until I got my payslip that week. It was 15 minutes short. So I went to see my manager. He looked at the payslip and said company policy was 3 minutes late clock in allowed only. Over that time is an automatic 15 minute deduction, but he knew it was a genuine reason for the late clock in, so he would speak to the payroll department and get it sorted. They however said tough, rules are rules, so no prizes for guessing what I did next. From then on I arrived at 7.30 and sat and drank coffee until 7.55, walked over to clock in and only then started my setup. That two and a half hours a week amounted to a large amount of lost production. Teams of fitters began to run out of product after about a week. At that point, the big boss got involved. He realized immediately that he couldn't ask me to go back to doing what I did before, so he offered me 30 minutes a day at overtime rate. Well, why not? I was there anyway. That one minute extra on the clock cost them two and a half hours a week at time and a half for the next two years when I finally left the company. So rather than just allow you to clock in a few minutes late, they would rather just pay you overtime and spend so much more money? Our next story is, so this morning I finally got my first malicious compliance. So I work at a fast food restaurant, I work overnights 10pm to 6am, and my compliance comes near the end of my shift. The build up, now I've been working this shift for over a year now, and as most know who work this shift, Things need to get done before certain times. I'm in Australia for reference. We lock the doors at 10pm so you can only get drive through for my shift. A new crew was so behind that I had to do a lot of his job so I could get my job done. 
I work in the kitchen, they do drive through. The night started off fine, and I was on time to clean the grills, when all of a sudden a foul smell permeated the air. The male staff toilets had backed up and it stunk. The new crew member started to slack off, so I had done my part in cleaning the floor and was waiting on him before I could continue as I couldn't finish the floors until his side was done because I'd just have to do it all over again as water gets everywhere, so all in all it was a bad night. On to the compliance. So at 5am I'm behind on washing everything while trying to make the muffins, so I'm a bit rushed. I had just finished 4 bacon and egg McMuffins and 3 big brekkie burgers when someone comes in and demands that I remake his bacon and egg McMuffin because it didn't look nice. I smiled and said, no worries, and proceeded to take my sweet time making sure that everything was placed nice and neat cheese on a diagonal, egg placed perfectly in the center, and bacon stretched out so it hung over a little. The perfect looking bacon and egg McMuffin. It was a masterpiece. It took me about 5-10 to minutes to get everything just right. My manager stood back smiling knowing what I was doing, so once I carefully handed it to her, she very carefully placed it into the bag and handed it to the customer with a bright smile and a have a great day. We both watched as he snatched up his now cold McMuffin and stormed out of the store. As soon as he left, we both had a good laugh. Thankfully, I didn't get in trouble, but I did have to stay longer to finish the wash up. Does anybody else agree that this guy was just ridiculous? If you're getting fast food, as long as all of the ingredients are there, does it really matter how perfect it looks? Like if half of the egg was missing or there was like just a tiny piece of bacon Yeah, I could understand being upset then, but what, your sandwich isn't aesthetically pleasing enough for you? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.